Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Coming up in 15 minutes. Oh boy. Penalty yesterday. Kadarius Tony, Travis Kelsey, John Perry, ESPN officiating analyst. Ooh, I can't NFL. wait. I Referee can't wait to have us. him on. I can't wait to have him on. The math ain't mathin'. When it comes to Carl Shepard's explanation of the Kadarius Tony offside penalty and the mechanics of it, I'm gonna need John Perry to explain that one to me in detail. I got to make it make sense. We will have that in 15 minutes. But the Cowboys last night had a monster win on Sunday Night Football over the Philadelphia Eagles. They win by 20 points. The Cowboys have been unbelievable recently. They're 10-3. and Dak Prescott in his last uh, eight games, 23 touchdowns, two interceptions. And Mike McCarthy's been right there with them. You know, I you guys know I've been a supporter of McCarthy. I'm getting heckled from uh, people that love brown sugar pop tarts out there. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, if you love a brown sugar pop tart and you're going to come after me <clears throat> for loving Mike McCarthy, give this guy credit. Why can't we give him both? You know what? Why Mike, can't we give Mike McCarthy on. and Dak Prescott credit? Mike McCarthy is the brown sugar pop tart. Of head coaches. So the person who loves brown sugar Pop-Tarts should love Mike McCarthy? Is that yes, what we're saying? Yes, because it's it's great, but underrated. Great, but we always think there's something better. And that's Mike McCarthy. Okay, But the what? brown sugar Pop-Tart is awesome. Why can't we give this guy credit? We are rightfully giving Dak Prescott credit. I think we have been, as a trio here this morning, rightfully giving Mike McCarthy credit. But why doesn't the world want to give him credit? Because the expectation for the Dallas Cowboys is to win the Super Bowl. And unfortunately, if they fall short again, none of this is going to matter. We do not view them through the same lens that we view other teams. Understood. They're not going to fall short, though, Michelle. They're not. Now, I'm, I'm buying into the Cowboys. The Cowboys are wow. going to get to the championship rounds. They're breaking through the glass ceiling that has been the second round since Mike McCarthy got there. They are actually going to do it this year. They got a quarterback that's playing at an MVP level. Ev, you've been talking about it since their bye week. Dak Prescott has been phenomenal. They played yep. seven games. They've won six of them. Dak has the best QBR. 22 touchdowns to only two picks. He's been absolutely phenomenal. And to me, that's the part that separates this, the leadership that we're seeing from Dak coupled with the playmaking. We have not gotten this version of Dak Prescott, I don't think, ever. I mean, last night he was great. Like, Dak Prescott led seven scoring drives of eight plays or more. That's phenomenal, Ev. So, I mean, you're seeing him take it to another level, and the fact that he's shown that he can play with the lead, he can play from behind, he can play mistake-free football, he's willing to use his legs, and he's throwing the football downfield with accuracy, I think that changes the expectations that we need to have for Dallas. Yeah, and I can't stop thinking about what happens if. What happens if they do get to the conference championship game? What happens if they do get to the Super Bowl? How do we look at these guys? Dak Prescott has been maligned forever, right? 
and he's only out, actually outperformed his contract his entire career. This guy wasn't supposed to be this. And Mike McCarthy would then have a second team he'd bring to the Super Bowl. We just don't want to ever lean into this could actually work because it's the Cowboys and because it hasn't worked in the past. And I get it, Smalls. But then, then to me, you got to sit here and say, last night doesn't matter. Are you ready to say that? Do you feel that way that it doesn't matter or it doesn't matter yet? Like, how are you... That that has to be considered a good win last night, no? Okay, hypothetical. Yeah. Let's say Dallas loses in the divisional round of the playoffs. To oh. who? Let's say San Francisco again, or okay. whomever. Whom- it doesn't even matter. If they lose in that round of the playoffs again, in the postmortem, when we're evaluating the season, are we going to say, but that win over the Eagles... No. Really good. No, no of course no. not. But if they so lose, does it matter? But it does if they not lose matter. to the Niners, let's play this out. They lose to the Niners. Niners go on to win the Super Bowl. Okay. What we're gonna say is the Cowboys were awesome, had a terrible draw, and they need to figure out a way of winning it all. But yeah. I guess the point that Smalls is making now is based on what we've seen from the Cowboys in this last month, month and a half. If they lose to the Niners, we'll no longer say, "Oh, they lost to a better team." Because from a talent standpoint, they've shown that San Francisco is not heading shoulders above what they're bringing to the party. They got not one but two guys that are in the conversation for defensive player of the year in Deron Bland and Michael Parsons. And I they, would argue Steph Gilmore helped them. Oh, even, Steph Gilmore was phenomenal. He was phenomenal last week when they put him on DK Metcalf. Yeah. I mean, you've got an all-pro wide receiver. You've got a tight end in Jake Ferguson that's playing at a Pro Bowl level. You've got a really good offensive line. You've got an MVP-level quarterback. He might actually win MVP this year. It won't be if they lose to the 49ers or they lose to the Eagles in the earlier rounds of the playoffs, it won't be because they're inferior from a talent standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I guess that would make this year a different level of disappointment than in years past under Mike McCarthy, which is why I think – there's going to be more scrutiny on their head coach as we get closer to the games that mean more. So, Smalls, to your point, is this Week 14 win over the Eagles going to mean anything if they don't get to the conference championship game or better? Yeah, it will. It'll mean that the head coach let down the team and the organization by not finding a way to be the difference in a positive way when they go against teams where talent is evenly matched. I'm kind of in an emotional turmoil over this because I want Dak to be great. I'm so pumped for him because we always discount him. He takes more heat than maybe any player in the NFL because of the star on his helmet and the position that he occupies. I love that he is proving all the haters wrong. I love that Mike McCarthy, after the breakup in Green Bay, we dismissed him. We maligned him. He's proving the haters wrong. But it's better for us and it's better for football if the Dallas Cowboys don't win. I want those two guys to win. I want Micah Parsons to win. I want this team to win, but I don't want the Dallas Cowboys to win because I think it's better for us if they don't. I understand. And and from a show perspective, I totally get it. But again, if we're going to play out them losing to the Niners, the, the group that is healthy for the Niners right now, if they play start to finish in a game, they've never lost. The current group that is healthy for the Niners, has never lost a football game when they play start to finish. Who do I mean? Trent Williams, their left tackle. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, their wide receivers. Brock Purdy, their quarterback. George Kittle, their tight end. And Christian McCaffrey, their running back. When that, and by the way, I would argue that Kyle Juszczyk is as valuable as the rest of them. They're fullback, but he's been banged up at times. When that group, which I believe is six people, has played a game from start to finish, including yesterday against Seattle, they have never lost a football game. So are we going to hold that against Dak and Mike McCarthy if they lose to that team? 
Yeah. In the postseason? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Because you would have lost to them three years in a row. Yeah. Like that matter, like that. Think about it. You had a, a wild card round game at home. You lost it two years ago. Last year, you were on the road divisional round. You lost it there. It was 12 to 19, and I don't think the game was that close based on the final score. If you lose again to them in the divisional round or earlier, yes. So what do you do? We're, we're hyping the Cowboys. We're praising the Cowboys. You're saying McCarthy then his job is in jeopardy? Yes. And I, who, yes, I think it's on the board. I don't think it should be, but it will be. It's on the board. And I would hope, I could be wrong, I would hope Dak Prescott would go and knock on Jerry Jones' door and say, don't you dare do this. Because well, I'm the MVP and he helped me get there. Well, well, Jerry Jones is saying, don't you dare tell me what to do with this team. I'm paying you $60 million a year. I'm paying you. If I'm I, paying, here's the thing. If I'm paying you $60 million a year, and I'm going to have to pay Michael Parsons, let's call it what, $35 million a year, and, and I'm paying Deron Bland whatever I'm going to have to pay him, and I'm paying CeeDee Lamb whatever I'm going to have to pay him. It, it ain't a matter of, oh, we had great regular season that ended in us losing to the team that eventually got to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Who the hell cares about that? If you're an owner doling out those types of contracts, who cares? He's Think about it. On a five-year contract, he's going to have to give Dak $300 million. Like he's going to have to pay CeeDee Lamb $25 million or 30, somewhere $25, $30 million. That, Michael Parsons, $35 million. That's the kind of money he's going to have to dole out on an annual basis to those players. It's got to be about championships. And if you're not going to do it this year, when you have an opportunity to win the division, when you have an opportunity to be the number one seed in the conference, when is it ever going to happen? And you may be right on every single thing you're saying. I just don't believe the Dallas Cowboys can find a better coach-quarterback combination than they have right now. I do not believe, regardless of the move that they're going to make, that they will well, find take the quarterback, better Dak take, take and, the quarterback, and McCarthy. Take the quarterback out of it, right? Take, I don't believe they'll find a better head coach for Dak Prescott than Mike McCarthy. I don't. I don't believe there is a coach that will be available to work for Jerry Jones that they can find that will be better than the coach they have right now. So maybe they do lose to San Francisco in the playoffs. Maybe they are eliminated early yet again. Maybe last night's win and every big win they have this season is all for naught because it results in absolutely nothing. And when you wear the star on the helmet, you are supposed to win the Super Bowl. It is a championship robust every single year. But if you're going to then blame Mike McCarthy, which may or may not be fair, I don't believe there is a replacement better for this team than that man who's the head coach of that team right now. It just feels like there's no excuse this season to not get there. And I know, but that, there's also no excuse but, but, for San Francisco. But, 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 exactly, but I'm I'm saying though, when when a team is this good and you have this much talent and you don't achieve the ultimate goal, someone is usually held accountable for that, whether it's fair or not. Yeah, I just feel like it's such an easy thing to say that you can't find a replacement that would be better than Mike McCarthy. I mean, we just don't know. Of course, like, we like, don't like, know, that's the I, thing. That's the thing we don't know. Like I just think about how things ended in Green Bay. And nobody knew what was going to happen when they hired this guy, Matt LaFleur, that was on Sean McVay's staff. And what happened? The team went three straight seasons with 13 wins. Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs, and they got the back-to-back conference championship games. So, like, you just you don't know. Like, I just, I'm not going to let the fear of the unknown keep me from making a move that could potentially push my team over the top. And I'm saying if you've checked all of those other boxes from a personnel standpoint – the only thing that's left is the head coach. That's it. Good luck. Right, the unknown. I don't know what I don't know what would be next. But I guess my whole point is that we've actually seen a team move on from Mike McCarthy and upgrade at the head coaching position. 
That happened. And usher in what seems to be the next era of that quarterback happened. as well. That happened. I, yeah, I guess it's parsing words, but I don't know. They upgraded. I think they also they found a great coach also. Right, Lafleur comes over and he's done a. He comes over from the the year with the Titans after the year with McVay, and yeah, he's been really good, really good. But I don't. I wouldn't take him over Mike McCarthy, personally. I wouldn't take him over Mike McCarthy. All right, controversy like crazy in that Kansas City game at the end. John Perry, ESPN NFL officiating analyst, former NFL official, will join us next to explain what happened with the Kadarius Tony offsides. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Swellman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Huge game yesterday, the Buffalo Bills victory over the Kansas City Chiefs 20-17. to Controversial play and offsides on Kadarius Toney of the Chiefs, a wide receiver, on a play in which we thought maybe he would have scored the game-winning touchdown on a lateral from Travis Kelsey, it was called a penalty. John Perry is ESPN's NFL officiating analyst and, of course, a former official in the league, and he joins us now. John, can you explain what happened on that play? Yeah, so clearly it is offside. The receiver lines up beyond the neutral zone, which was the call that was made that brought back a fabulous play. And lots of topics on should it have, should it not have been. Uh, the art of officiating is it the right time to make that call. Why would you make that call? Did we make it in the past? Or are we making it now? John, uh, uh, the, the explanation from Carl Sheffers about the warning felt a little clunky to me. He said usually you would give players a warning if it was anywhere close, but this particular play was beyond a warning. Walk us through the mechanics of you know, uh, uh, wide receivers lining up on the ball versus being in the neutral zone, whether or not to warn them pre-snap, whether you throw the flag, or whether you give them a warning post-play. Could you do that for us? 
Yeah, I think you got two generations here. In my in my time, two decades, I can think back, was trying to do that this morning. I think there in my tenure of twenty years, I may have seen this called twice. Wow. We just didn't call. We warned, we warned, we warned over and over, and we pushed defensive linemen out of there. We pushed receivers back. We made every effort to make them legal at the snap. There's two line of scrimmage officials, both of them as the receivers come out wide. They do two things. Number one, they'll extend a foot. This is where the neutral zone is, and most receivers know exactly where that foot is. They'll look for it and they'll be at or behind it. The other thing they'll do is they'll extend an arm. So they've given them two opportunities to know where that delineation is of the neutral zone. And I don't know of a receiver that doesn't look at it. It's a quick look. They know where they're supposed to be. It's a double check. I'm on. I'm off. I'm clearly behind. This one, I I don't think the receiver took a look. Uh, He is clearly beyond the neutral zone, not just in it. So I understand the call. They've made 11 or 12 of these throughout the season. And again, you go back and, and we used to warn and avoid making the call, but for weeks, I can tell you, watching the training tapes that are sent to both the officials and the teams, they have been attempting to clean up the neutral zone. And the league has encouraged these flags. They want the neutral zone cleaned up. And I think we can go back five or six weeks in a row where offside on both offensive defense, specifically with the tush play, the leverage play, these guys are they're really pressing the envelope to get, to get that spot. And maybe that's transcended a little bit to normal formations as well, but uh, – the call was made this year because the league wants a call. In years past, it was a warning. And a lot of the line of scrimmage officials in years past probably would have said his feet were behind, but the head was in. We're speaking with John Perry, former NFL ref- referee and our ESPN Monday Night Football rules analyst. And, John, with all that being said, that usually there's a warning. Uh, you've only seen this play called twice uh, in, a, in a handful of years, but that they are trying to clean things up. With all that being said, how did you receive Patrick Mahomes' response in the immediacy of the call after the game and in his post-game uh, press conference where he was very pointed about the call? Well, first of all, I would say all the years that I spent behind him, uh, Patrick Mahomes is a true professional. It's after the game. It's a huge loss. It's a huge play that's taken away. It's an exciting play. It's Kansas City football. Um, So I get it. Uh, I totally understand his comments. I don't find them derogatory. I don't find them disrespectful. It's a player in the moment, immediately after play. Um, I I understand. I probably would have said the same thing. Uh, But his message isn't so much, I don't believe, to the official that called it. I believe his message is because he understands that week in and week out, and as each season presents itself, there are interpretations, there are philosophies, there's points of clarifications, points of emphasis. These are, we take the rule and we massage it and we, we declare what should and shouldn't be called. So I think the message was much more to that rather than the calling official. John, how conscious are referees of what happened the week prior with both teams? 
Um, I, well, I think that's individual. I can tell you um, 12 years of being a crew chief, uh, I was I was very much aware of it. I think that's part of your preparation. You know, you finish up a Sunday night game, you travel home Monday, you clean that game up, the game is evaluated, you self-assess, you self-assess the crew, what can we do better, what, what do we need to work on? And by Tuesday, Wednesday, you're diving into the two teams. You might go back one or two weeks of games that they played. Uh, do we spend a ton of time on comments in the media? No. That's just noise to us, uh, but we we do prepare for both teams. Formations, what do they do? How do they shift? How do they motion? Is there a player that's pressing this neutral zone? So don't think that they're they're not ready for what is presented at that time. John, we know that officiating can shift the outcome of a game. It also impacts the integrity of the game as a whole. As you look at it right now, how would you characterize the state of officiating in the NFL? Wow. We need, we need more than a morning radio show to walk through that for me. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's as strong as it was in the time that I worked. I don't think my generation was as strong as the generation before me. Mm. Um, I think they managed the game better in years past. It, there is an art to this. There, there are issues on almost every play. You have 22 players that are best players in the world. Uh, there is grabbing. There is restricting. There is advantage. The whole concept is advantage and disadvantage. In today's world, with so much fly specking, instant replay, frame by frame, tick by tick, stop the game to determine if the ball should be moved. We had one four inches last week. I mean, are we really expecting that an official can officiate four inches? And the answer to that is no. Uh, I think the game is over-officiated at times, specifically with instant replay. We don't have too many conversations throughout the week that don't involve that. And now we have a generation of official who has never officiated without the safety net of instant replay. You don't have to be right. It'll get fixed. Mm -hmm. We'll shut the game down for two or three minutes and fix that. Uh, The mindset uh, is interesting to me right now with, with the officials, and there are less of them. Nobody wants to do this. You go down to the Pop Warner High School, junior high, they're moving games to different days because they don't have enough officials. We're trying to promote it in communities. The, the, the pool is smaller. We also have officials that are moving into this level, this league, too quick. I had 18 years of experience, Division One, Division Two, arena football, before I even got a phone call from the National Football League. We have officials with less than eight this is not a training ground. So I, there are, look, I love them all. You know, when you when you say that the call is correct, everybody thinks you're protecting your brother. Uh, my best friends are officials. I grew up officiating. My father was official. So I have a great passion for this profession. And right now, it is concerning. Where, where will we be in 5, 10, 15 years from now, just not today? And I think a a lot of things have to change. John, I want to make sure I'm clear on something you're saying here. Do you believe that officials would be better today without, as you said, the safety net of instant replay? 
Uh, better, I think, over time, yes. Um, I see oftentimes that a judgment is delayed. They're looking for help. They have this system where they can communicate upstairs, what's called the O2O. A lot of times I see a hand go to that O2O system. I'm often curious, what are they asking? Does this look okay? Is this a catch? Do you guys think it's a catch? Um yeah, I do. I think officiating would be stronger because you know going into the game for three hours that you're going to be critiqued on being correct. And when you have a safety net, I believe the focus decreases. John, great job. We do appreciate it. Of course, we'll see you during Monday Night Football. John Perry, ESPN, Monday Night Football rules analyst, longtime NFL official. We appreciate the help on the Kansas City Buffalo game as well as officiating in general. Thank you so much, John. Have a great day. All right, there's John Perry. A lot of interesting things there. Totally. About yeah. the officiating in the league today. And there's somebody who's done it forever and analyzes it now and is not thrilled with it. Yeah. While to, also, say the, to say the least. While also trying to defend his peers at the same time, which is not an easy thing to do. All right, coming up, Monday Night Football Preview. we got two games tonight. We will get into both of them. Coming up, presented by Progressive Insurance. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You hear the music, which means it is time now for the Monday Night Football Preview, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. At Progressive.com, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty will have his best bet in a couple of minutes here. Evan Cohen with you. So we got three things on the ESPN family of networks tonight that you have to keep an eye on. you got to go triple cast tonight. <laughs> you got the Packers and the Giants on ABC and ESPN+. Plus. That's one. Okay. No, not ranking, but that's one. Two, Tennessee and Miami, Monday Night Football on ESPN. And the Manning cast on ESPN2. So do you have three screens in the home to do this with? You got two screens. You got the computer. You got the phone. We got to get a lot of things going tonight because that is one heck of a night this evening on the ESPN family of networks. Theoretically, we are at a place now where you look at these matchups 
And there should be two clear winners. Green Bay, with the way they've been playing, should beat the Giants. And Miami should not only beat Tennessee, they should destroy Tennessee. Well, they're two touchdown favorites against the Titans. Which would indicate and that. And they're 5-0 and at home. So this should be a runaway game for the Miami Dolphins. But, I mean, you, you never can discount Mike Vrabel and what he's capable of doing. Like, we talk about Mike Tomlin's ability to be able to muck up a game. Maybe that that it, that's possible, but that's the only chance that the Titans have of making it a fourth-quarter game. And even then, I still don't think they have a chance to be able to win it. I mean, channeling my inner Joe Fortenball, the, the over-under for point total for both teams combined is 46.5, mm-hmm. and yet the Dolphins are 14-point favorites. So Vegas is telling us that the Dolphins are going to absolutely roll the Tennessee Titans. Now, in looking at the game at MetLife Stadium tonight, I, I mean, listen, the New York Giants – should be able to figure out a way to get a, get a win. It's just that, you know, you just don't know with the way that Green Bay has been playing whether or not they're going to be able to do enough defensively to slow down that offense. And to me, that's the big story. Can Jordan Love continue his hot streak? If he can, then all of a sudden you're talking about the Packers being able to grab a stranglehold on one of those wild cards in the NFC. But, again, Wink Martindale's defense has been really, really good at being able to slow down opposing offenses. So that's the one thing that I want to see. How does Jordan Love respond going up against a master tactician like Wink Martindale, the defense coordinator for the Giants? Yeah, just some numbers to back that up. The defense and special teams for the Giants, nine takeaways in the past three games with eight interceptions. So if they can continue that on and be disruptive towards Jordan Love and the Packers, it could be an interesting game. But I don't know, Jordan Love... And the Green Bay Packers right now just feel like they're they're clicking. They're one of those teams down the stretch that seems to be finding themselves. Yep. And I anticipate that they're going to handle their business against the New York Giants. There are two divisions in the NFL that I will look at, and I'll ask the question, the same one. Are we sure that? And then fill in the blank. Okay. Are we sure that the Packers can't win the NFC North? And are we sure that the Broncos can't win the AFC West? They both feel ridiculous even asking that based on where both of the teams were earlier this season. But if you look at the Green Bay Packers right now, they have at the Giants tonight, home against the Bucks, at the Panthers, at the Vikings, home against the Bears. If they are who we think they may be, there is an argument that they should win out. I don't think they're going to win out because I think that's too much. Like, I just don't think they're going to win five in a row here after already winning three in a row and finishing the season eight wins in a row. It feels a little too much for this team, so young. But, I mean, four of five? One slip up in there somewhere? Four, that puts them at ten wins this year, which is a phenomenal year for Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur as the two faces of that team. And then the Broncos, listen, I've been their biggest supporter here. I'm not going to the place they can win the division. But people have had the conversation about them potentially winning the I think the, the Broncos have a better chance of winning the AFC West than the Packers have of winning the NFC North. Because you don't expect the Lions to falter? No. I mean, the Lions have slipped. Uh, they haven't looked like themselves um, since the Sunday before Thanksgiving when they got scared by the Chicago Bears. But I will say this. I think they just have enough of a lead right now where I don't see them squandering. I mean, you're talking about them being a nine-win team. Like right now, the Packers are sitting at six. I just I don't see them being able to make up that ground because that would mean that the Detroit Lions absolutely collapsed, and I just don't see that happening. But they have Denver up next, Vikings, the Cowboys, and the Vikings again. So, I don't know. Denver looks like a team that could beat the Lions. Minnesota twice. I don't know. I like the Lions. So you're saying Detroit ain't gonna win? Detroit ain't gonna win no more games. I'm not saying they're not going to win any more games. I'm just saying it's not going to be easy sledding for them to the finish line, uh, to the playoffs. If you think that Denver can go on the road and beat the Lions hypothetically, 
Denver could legit win out. At the Lions, home against the Pats, home against the Chargers, at the Raiders. The Raiders lose a 3 nothing game yesterday to the Vikings. That was yeah. absolutely brutal. Horrible. It's an awful game. Yeah, and dumb me. I, I, think, had, I think they said that was the lowest scoring indoor game in National yeah. Football League. And I don't know that we ever had a game go 0-0 that deep. I had Geno Smith on my son and my fantasy team. Scratch the last minute. I'm searching for a quarterback. I'm like, all right, I'll go with Aiden O'Connell. Oh, God. Oh, my That's God. Brutal. That's brutal. brutal. That's brutal. That, I mean, that was, you know, the interim coach bump, I know he's your guy, AP, you play with him, Antonio Pierce, but the interim coach bump has worn off a little bit. Doesn't mean he shouldn't be the coach long term. It just means they ain't playing. The, the we're not playing for Josh McDaniels anymore has probably worn off a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it's interesting to look at the fact that we're even having the conversation about Green Bay and Denver right now is unbelievable this late in the season. All right, now, CeCe, best bets for tonight. What are you looking at for this evening in terms Ooh. of Kenny's best bet, ESPN bet? Uh, so I'm still deliberating. I haven't narrowed it down yet, so we're working on it. The best, it's fluid, as Stephen A. said. It's fluid right now. Okay. So we're working on it. I'm not ready to give the best bet yet. I'm going to do it in our last segment where I'm working on it. But of, course, but, of course, we're going with Monday Night Football. And, of course, it's going to be a parlay. Why wouldn't it be? Because our parlay over the weekend hit. There we go. Exactly. So we had three wins last week, right? So last, this past weekend, we had the L.A. Lakers winning the in-season tournament. We had LeBron James winning MVP of the in-season tournament. And we had the L.A. Rams plus seven and a half points. They lose by six in overtime to the Baltimore Ravens. So the parlay last week actually hit. So we're starting to build momentum right now. And so I don't want to rush the parlay for Monday Night Football. I'm not rushing it. I'm not ready to give it out right now. It's going to come out. In our final segment. That's a tease, kids. That's and tease. how did our picks go over the week? I think we got two of three, right, Nuno? Over the weekend? We did, but here's the bad thing. Oh. Our friends, uh, Carlin and Joe, went 3-0. and So they have extended their lead a little. Uh, I'll just let you know right now. So they're at 28-13-2. and okay. Freddie and Harry are 25-16-2. We are tied with game night at 24-17-2. I love the way Nuno says Harry's name because he says it Harry. Like Freddie and the Harry guy. He doesn't say Harry. It's Freddie and Harry. It's great. It's but so not only did we have a good weekend, but we actually lost ground by having a good weekend. Is that what you're saying, Nuno? Uh, we lost the game. Unbelievable. Yes, so we didn't Jones. actually have you a good what, weekend. Though? It, it's because we didn't want to believe in the Dallas Cowboys, right? That's the so game that's that the we one fumbled? we got wrong. That is correct. Yeah. <sighs> by the way, one other thing on the in season tournament: give the Lakers all the credit in the world. I get it. LeBron won the MVP. I mean, they celebrated like they won their seventh straight title. Oh my god. I was a little bit It's a much. championship. A little bit but much of the celebration. But how great oh. for the NBA, though. It's an NBA championship. See, he wants to. Here's the thing. <laughs> it's an NBA, it's, the banner. If it's a championship in the NBA, isn't it an NBA All championship? Right, let's play this out. I'm let's play this out for a second. Let's pretend that was the New York Knicks and not your Lakers. Yeah. Would we be crushing them today? Oh, we'd have a parade down the Canyon of Hills. Oh, my God. Down. It was a it'd little a much. In, it'd be a parade in New York City today. A yeah. little much. Oh, my God. Yeah, but if you're the NBA, isn't this your dream scenario that LeBron, that guy, cares about this so much, and he's the one that set the tone for what this is going to be moving forward? Yes. I'm not trying to take anything away from LeBron. In competitive circumstances, the most competitive people should want to compete and win, and that's what LeBron James did. Give him all the credit in the world. But the way they celebrated in the locker room with the champagne and LeBron saying, these kids don't know how to do this with the goggles and everything. You won an in-season tournament. You didn't just get your fifth ring. Oh, my God. Coming up. 
the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day, which I guess could have been that, plus Candy's best bet on ESPN Bet. We are unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Go to ESPN.com slash Bowlmania for a chance to win $1 million. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM80, all of our great ESPN stations across the country. ESPNU, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Each and every day at this time, we give out our unsportsmanlike moments of the day. Something weird, something quirky, something funny. I got to be honest. My single favorite story of the entire weekend. Yes, I know Jaden Daniels won the Heisman. Yes, I know the Dallas Cowboys had an unbelievable win. The Buffalo Bills had a great win. I get all of that. My single favorite story for me of the weekend was the fact that everyone was trying to figure out where Shohei Otani was going to sign. And on Saturday, there were all kinds of reports, Friday into Saturday, of where his private jet was going. And there were all the reports, oh my God, there's a private jet going from California to Toronto. He's going to the Blue Jays. So much so, <laughs> and this is from David Purdom, ESPN staff writer on the ESPN bet side. With rumors of Otani's interest in Toronto swirling, the Blue Jays World Series odds improved from 15 to 1 to as short as 8 to 1 behind only the Braves and the Dodgers. Okay, So they improved immensely because they thought he was on the private jet to Toronto. When the private jet landed and people saw who got off the jet, it was Robert Herjavec from Shark Tank. It was not <laughs> Otani. It was literally an entrepreneur gazillionaire. They got the private jet tracking wrong, and it, it, it wasn't just some guy who's got or gal who's got a gazillion dollars. It was literally a guy from Shark Tank. <laughs> and all of the bets, like, oh, that's it. He's going to the Blue Jays. And Blue Jays fans, what a 24 hours. So instead of signing Shohei Otani, you get Robert Herjavec. And for that reason, they're out on that one. That story was so awesome over the weekend. Well, I guess if you're not a Blue Jays fan. So there's that. (laughs) Also on Saturday, Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time. Awkward. Army-Navy game was on the set of College Game Day and was the guest picker for College Game Day. Take a listen. (laughs) Who are you going with? My pick on this one? Yes, sir. Oh, I'm coach. I'm going to take a page out of your book here. I'm oh, going to go oh, with the 1962. This is the Jolly Roger. 
Beat Army in Chinese for Paul Dietzel's Chinese oh Bandits. My God, I love Go it. Navy. <laughs> Beat Army. Belichick was amazing on game day. He was so good. If you put like him on that set with Lee Corso, who coached with Steve Belichick's Bill's dad at Navy back in the day, Bill's literally rat- like rattling off plays from 1962 and breaking down like the fullback dive. He was so good, and then he puts on the helmet. It was awesome. He was great, but that wasn't the noteworthy thing from that that appearance. It was Robert Kraft pulling the walk off after McAfee said, "We all know what's about to happen." When it comes to the coaching situation. Now, to be fair. Very interesting. He didn't ask a question. He made a statement. He did. He, he did. So he gave. He, he, did, make, he did make a statement. Yeah. All, all I'm simply saying is Robert Kraft gave the, I don't know what to say, so I'm just going to shake everyone's hand and walk off the set because I'm not ready to publicly answer this question right now. That's the action version of pleading the fifth. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Instead of saying I'm the pleading the fifth. The embodiment of pleading the fifth <laughs> yeah, without saying it. <laughs> basically. But I do love that clip from Belichick. It's great to see that side of him, to see that personality, and we know his passion for Navy, Navy football. So to see him bring his own headgear and get to – get a little bit of glimpse into something that he loves so much, which we never get from Bill Belichick. I thought was really cool. I don't think he's motivated by money at this point in his life. I think he's motivated by success. If I had to guess, I would say, I think he could make more money as an analyst than a coach. I think he was that good. I think, I don't, I mean, I'm just saying you put him on a set with some of the, the financial um, contributions that networks are including ours, which is great being made to the analysts. He's really good. As long as you get him on anything but the Patriots, he's amazing. Put him in the booth with Brady. I mean, <laughs> I mean Brady is. I hate that that wouldn't be on ESPN, but I mean, I'm just I, saying the I, two of them together. So Beverly Hills 90210, Breaking Bad, Power. These are some of my favorite shows of all time. They would take a backseat. Brady and Belichick together on an NFL game. Forget it. I would only watch one game every week, and I'd watch it over and over and over again. <laughs> That's sickness. They would be amazing together. You know that they would be really good together in that booth. You wouldn't want to watch it? Oh, I would be waiting for the tension. I don't know if Tom would want to do it. Yeah, exactly. I'd be waiting for the tension to creep in. For the reported 37 mil, he don't got a choice in that spot. I mean, you're in that booth. You're Bill Belichick in there. That would be amazing. Speaking of being in the booth, Tony Romo is known for his big predictions and bold Mm -hmm. statements. Mm -hmm. Well, yesterday he had a little slip where where they showed Taylor Swift and he said, there's Travis Kelsey's wife. I know. I cringed. I was like, oh, no, you're going to start the room. What do we think? Does Romo know what he's talking about? With oh, this? they're going to get married for sure. Really? Wow. They're going to get married. They're getting married. They will get married. They'll wow. be engaged after the Super Bowl. You mark my words. The streets of Missouri have been so talking. 20, they so 2024, get they're, they're going to get engaged. I they're getting will, engaged in 2024. I will Wedding be in 2025. Lord, if it doesn't happen. I bet they even get married in 24. Engaged wow. and married in 24. Wow. Travis, Travis has to change his last name, right? <laughs> Travis, Travis Swift. Travis Swift. <laughs> so that'd be, it's a great name for a tight end. It's pretty good. That'd be amazing if he did that. I actually would love it if he did that. That would be such a great story. If it, all of a sudden, Ta- Taylor and Travis Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? He should just the be Swift. like, "Are you kidding, Mr. Mr. Swift?" Yeah, I would love it. That'd be amazing. If, so you're wait, you're on the record saying Romo was right, even though it was a slip up. They're gonna get engaged in March, let's say, of 24 after the Super Bowl, and then married in 25. I think so they'll. She says next year. Oh, the, married in twenty four. I think they will be married before Christmas of twenty four. Before this time next year, they will be married. Okay, this is a horrible question to ask, but I'll ask it. So, in your head, 
you're thinking together forever, or you're just saying married by, by Christmas of 24? Well, that I can't <laughs> forecast. Right? Well, you seem to be right. forecasting everything right. else, though. All I know is that the streets of Missouri have been talking. We know and how the streets of Missouri are. I'm just we telling do. you. We do. I'm just we telling do. you. I think we they're do. Gonna, the they're getting engaged. <laughs> they will be engaged slash married within one calendar year. That is my bold prediction. Will he, okay. pro- will he propose this week on her birthday? Will he make no. that mistake? He will not do that because he will not, when they don't, Make it to the Super Bowl yet again. He doesn't want her to be part of that narrative or a distraction. He's going to wait till after the Super Bowl, and they're going to get engaged. So are we going to say that Tony Romo broke that story? I think he had a, a Freudian slip there, but he's not wrong. Right, but again, the first person to report they're getting married or they are married is Tony Romo. Maybe. Obviously. Of she, course. she spent a lot of time out there in Kansas City, though. I'm telling that, you, that is not the a, barbecue is great. A, it's not that great. She's been a lot of time in Kansas City. So As a Midwestern Spall's, girl, Spall's I love Rome, it. You and Romo might be onto something, for real. I'm just telling you. Yeah. The barbecue is great. You think she's going to the random barbecue but that, spot? I said the barbecue is great. It's not that great. She's, oh. she's making a life there with him. They're going to get married. All right, Cece. Um, that's a bigger prediction than I think Monday Night Football tonight. Kansas <laughs> yeah, best yeah, my best bet. So we're going out there a little bit tonight. We're going out there. We're going to get the week kicked off with a bang. Okay. Since we got a, a double header for Monday Night Football, I feel like we have to have a big time card, a huge, huge play for tonight's game. So we're going to go with a parlay involving both Monday Night games. But we're going to tease the line for the Dolphins-Titans game from 14 points to 9.5 points, right? So we want to get on the other side of 10. We're going to cheese it down to 9.5 points. Okay. And so Miami wins by 9.5 or more. So Miami wins by 10 or more. Tyreek Hill to score a touchdown. Raheem Mostert to score a touchdown. Then we're going to go to Giants-Packers. And we're going to tease the line from six points in uh, uh, plus six for the New York Giants to plus seven and a half. So we want to get through the key number of seven. So we want to make sure that the Giants don't lose by more than seven points. So again, here's the parlay. We got the Dolphins uh, uh, laying nine and a half points. Tyreek Hill to score a touchdown. Raheem Morse to score a touchdown. And then we got the Giants getting seven and a half against the Packers. That pays out at plus 682. Ooh. Plus 682. So that is the play of the night on ESPN Bet. I don't think you could bet on this, but I'm going to add one other thing that I'm going to keep an eye on, and I think all of us are. I mean, at what time, what point are we looking at Brandon Staley watch here with the Chargers? We can't bet on that. Have we been saying that all season? I know that was last year, but we're still in it. We can't bet on the next coach to be fired? Can we on ESPN Bet? Uh, I have to take a look. Would any of us want to take any other coach other than Staley? I would just because I would assume it would have happened already. And it, that might lead me to believe that they're waiting till the end of the season for unknown reasons. But I'm surprised that we're still having this conversation right now. Yeah, I don't know. Are you I, not? I am, but I don't know another coach that I could look at and say, okay, yeah, that guy is going to get fired in season here. He seems like the only possibility of a guy that could get fired in season, right? Yes. Sala, Robert Sala is not getting fired, maybe at all, and definitely not getting fired in season. Carolina already did it. Everybody else in the NFC South, while losing, is still atop the division together. CeCe, you've talked today about Eberflus having this bounce-back kind of effect recently with the Bears, so he's not in the mix. You know, you look around the league, where is there, where is there a coach that you could even consider and saying for, for reasons on the surface that they potentially could get bounced? It's a great question. Don't There's know. There's not one. Right. And even like, you know, Sean McDermott had real life controversy last week, but that was not 
worthy of termination, and he won this past weekend. So I don't think there's another coach that would even – I understand where you're coming from, Smalls. I don't think there's another coach that even could compete for that. He's got to be the guy, maybe by tomorrow. Greeny coming up next. We are on a Tuesday. It's Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.